Welcome back to this week's edition of Real Life Stories Redeemed, Restored, Retold, Project Redemption, where we are highlighting one of our new authors from Redemption Press, Sandy Haney, with her children's book that just came out, Where Are You Going? So Sandy, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you. It's great to be here. For those of you watching or listening, her full bio is down below in the show notes. I would love to start and just to set the tone of this time together by hearing from you, Sandy, one of your favorite Romans 8.28 examples of how God has just worked all things together for good for you, even though the experience started out looking like there could be no good thing to come from that. I love how he is a Romans 8.28 God, and he loves to show himself faithful. So I would just love for our listeners to hear how he has done that in your life. Sure. Well, Isaiah 62.4 says, you will no longer be called forsaken. The message puts it a different way and says, you will no longer be called rejected, but instead you will be called accepted. You will be called my desire. And I just think that's the greatest thing that God is doing cartwheels over having relationship with us. And that is something that has been my mainstay throughout my life. And I just springboard from that. So tell me a time in your life when, due to the circumstances, you felt the exact opposite. Like he was not doing cartwheels. He was not going to save you. He was not going to show up. Give us a kind of picture of an experience that you've had where it just didn't seem redeemable to you, but God did something amazing. If I go back through my six decades on the planet, I would have to say that definitely that time in my life was my childhood, which is why it was important for me to do a children's book, to be able to give kids hope when times are tough. And for me, it was a lot of abuse, a lot of neglect, right at the beginning especially. And again, I had to learn that people have things that happen in their lives that make them the way they are. God says, I, what I require of you is to show mercy. And so just as he shows mercy to me, I need to be able to do that with others. I'm not trying to say that abuse is okay. Right. But I'm just trying to... Um, show how I was able to put things in proper perspective with um, those things happening to me. And now I need to forgive. I need to let go. And I need to be merciful to others as God is being merciful to me. What I hear you saying is God used that horrible experience to actually give you a heart for children to be able to speak hope into their lives 
because you know what it's like. And, right. and so God, God brought that good. Now, the good that he brought out of it was not declaring that the abuse was good. Great point. That's not what Romans 8, 28 means. What it means is that even that pain and that abuse that was you had, it wasn't like you did something to deserve it. That was someone else's sin. They sinned against you. But God, even because he comforts us in those painful memories, moments, you know, even years and years and decades after we've gone through that, he will use that to not only allow us to give comfort to others, which is what I hear you saying this, the story in your children's book is meant to do that, to give them the comfort that Jesus gave you. Tell me a little bit more about just how that idea of even writing the book to give children hope. What did that look like in your life? I had a really hard time dealing with death. And I know that the listeners might be saying, oh, well, yeah, so does everybody else in the whole entire world. But when you experience the death of a loved one as a child, mm -hmm. it puts a different spin on things. And for me, I lost my grandmother who raised me when I was 14, just barely 14. And learning to get through that experience, that was something that needed to happen with God's grace and being able to teach children that God's grace is what can get them through as well mm. is what it's all about. So then that loss, you having to do, especially at that such a crucial time, uh, you know, in life, being a tween, going into teenage years, just all the upheaval emotionally, hormonally, just all the things to have that loss to deal with. My guess is that that loss triggered some of the other abuse and things that happened earlier in your life. It's like, that's how the enemy likes to just stir us up and cause us to believe his lies about us. And so what were, what were some of the lies that you believed and later found out was not God's heart, was not God's thoughts about you? I think everybody can relate to the, hey, wait a minute, this isn't fair kind of uh, mindset, the thinking that happens uh, in life's struggles. And that was totally going on for me. My grandmother and I got into an argument as kids who are barely 14 <laughs> will tend to do. And, you know, they're trying to establish their independence, parents and caregivers, they feel like they know what's best. And so it's easy to get into arguments. And our argument happened to be over the dishes. You know, Sandy, you didn't do the dishes. They're all piled up at the sink. What's going on? And I'll get to them and that kind of thing. In the middle of our argument, she had a massive heart attack. And mm -hmm. that, there was a lot of guilt, of course, 
And then starting to think about things like God allowed this to happen because I'm a bad person. He's punishing and, you right. for arguing. And it happened three weeks before Christmas. But because I had accepted the Lord when I was five years old, I had a relationship with him. I knew what it was to run to my faith mm. in trials that helped so much. Survivor's guilt is real. So would you say that that defining that loss in your life that made you feel like you did that to her and it's your fault and all the lies, all the condemnation, accusation that the enemy loves to bring, did you feel like that was kind of a turning point for you where the mercy and the comfort that you needed then that you didn't have, did that help birth that desire in you to write the story and have it be something that really would minister to kids? Absolutely. My grandmother was a very harsh, cruel person. But she also had a very difficult background right. and coming from her own painful past is something that uh, made her the way she was. She didn't believe that you told a person, I love you. You mm -hmm. show love. Only she didn't know how to do that either. It was a situation of just trying to figure out, okay, did she ever love me? Did she care about me? And then at that Christmas after she passed away and everybody was gathered around the tree opening presents, I was sitting in the corner. Of course, opening presents was the last thing I wanted to do. And the family said, there's one box we want you to open, that big box over there. And I did. And there was an electric typewriter in the box. And my grandmother had picked that out before she passed away. Wow. And she knew that I wanted to be a writer. I, I didn't think she ever paid attention to me saying, I want to be just like John Boy Walton and I want to be a writer and uh, things like that. And, but she was, she was paying attention to it. And so that knowing that, that she really did love me, she just didn't know how to show it. That changed everything. Wow. And I realized that writing, um, which had always been my security blanket, that that was something that I was meant to do. I love that. Well, that's a great segue into hearing a little more about your new book. Where are you going? So let's start with how did you have the idea to write this story? And, and what is the main message of the book? You know, just like everyone else, COVID hit with a vengeance and I lost uh, seven family members oh. in 10 years 
And it, so not all of it was COVID, but some was. And, you know, it, just like everyone else, it, it's a lot of loss in a very short amount of time. And most recently was my uncle, who was more like my brother, going through, again, guilt. I, you know, I was supposed to be out there taking care of him. Just if, if he'd have just hung on a few more days, I was going to be out there to be his caregiver while he had hip replacement surgery mm. and didn't hang on. Mm. And uh, just all kinds of things that I started thinking about, um, that realizing though in all of this, God provides, he makes a way for us to survive these things. And that was the message that I wanted to get out. When your reader closes the book, whether it's a parent or a grandparent that's reading it to their child or whatever, uh, wherever the situation, when they close the book, what do you want both the adult and the child to walk away with? That heaven is worth it. That heaven is worth it. Amen. All right. So if we have people that are listening or watching today and they want to reach out to you, the book's available where all Christian books are sold and our website as well. But if someone wants to reach out to you and connect with you, what would be the best way to do that? I do have a website. It is hisquill, Q-U-I-L-L dot wordpress.com. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for spending time with me today.